Welcome to Scouting Synopsis. Today we're talking Atlanta United, once a powerhouse in the MLS. And uh, I don't know, they're kind of figuring it out now. But uh, hey, hopefully no tables get flipped during this stream, okay? As always, MLS card guy with me here and our special guest to break down Atlanta, the only person that could be here, Thomas Sober, MLS scout. Welcome to the show. Hey, great to be back. Another edition here to talk about the best team in MLS. You know, we got the champ. Hold on. There we go. Champs. Champs. I don't, I don't, I don't see that for Orlando. We won the open cup. Hello. Against the USL team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Chris, everyone wow. stops staring directly at the camera. Heard. Like a weirdo. So bright. Ah. Look. Look, we're here. I've been I've been dreading this episode a little bit just because I don't I don't want to hear it for 30 minutes, but we're going to do it. We have to do it. We have to give the people what they want. They want to hear 40 minutes about how Brad Guzan is going to be the one goalkeeper you want to own and sober in 2024. Thomas, break down this Atlanta team. Uh, how are you feeling last year and how are you feeling going into uh, this next season? So last year, I felt like ended on a decently high note. Um, we lost in the playoffs to the eventual champions, and we were the only club to beat Columbus during the playoffs. Do you, so. do you want to know the only team to beat them actually in a knockout game that year was the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who beat them in the U.S. Open Cup. That's true. That's true. We actually won our playoff series against them. Just saying. Well. Must, must be nice. Can't compete with a USL team. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we lost in we lost in the Open Cup to a USL side as well, so so I don't know. It's like yeah, we we could yeah, um, but no, I think uh, I think last year it was pretty clear that there were at the beginning of the season there were some some moves that he needed to make to to really just shore up the roster, and and during the summer, I mean, kudos to the front office to to the president uh, Garth Lagerway and and to really just getting the right pieces to add into the team that I felt like boosted us going into, I would say post leagues cup. Cause I think going in, like we got knocked out early in leagues cup and it was not a great, it, it wasn't great. Like I even, I think I went on Twitter. I was like, that was embarrassing. Like we should have at least made it out of this group to the play, like to the first round and probably get knocked out in the round of 32. Um, but it was a pretty abysmal showing. And that was, I think, just as we had gotten like Tristan Mayamba, um, Jean De and a few others. And so, you know, I, I was wondering, like, is this is this going to work? But really, I think once we got into league play again and they had a couple of weeks to get all the guys together, get them in practice and training and, and really just implement the, the the tactics and the system that Pineda, I feel like, has had in mind since he took over the helm. And it really started to click well. Uh, I, I truly think that the latter half of 2023 is the best soccer Atlanta's played in probably four or five years. Um, it was, they were able to control the ball. They're able to play through the midfield, which, and through the center, I mean, which hadn't happened in probably since the departure of Darlington Nackby. And we weren't just entirely reliant on our fullbacks, mostly Brooks Lennon, just sending in a bunch of optimistic crosses and hoping that Yakamakis can get his head on it or something like that. I mean, it works sometimes, but it's not a great way to try and come back and seal a victory when you're just chasing one point the entire game because you also concede an early goal. So that was last year. This year, we had another fantastic winter window. We brought in, I think, I think we, if I made a checklist of everything I thought Atlanta needed at the start of this off season, they pretty much checked every box. Yeah, so no, think, it's... Oh, well, hold on one, one sec. Um, oh. I think you brought up a really good point about the change in the front office and how big a deal that is. And I know a lot of people uh, think Seattle is the super consistent, always in the playoffs team. Um, and I don't think a lot of people really know that that kind of came from the top and, and came from, uh, what's his name, Loggerway? Is that how you say it? I think it's Loggerway, yeah. Loggerway. Yeah. Um, regardless, he's basically one of the best executives in MLS. Comes to Atlanta United. Uh, and now looky here, Atlanta United has expectations again. It's a miracle how that how that kind of you know one thing follows the other. Yeah, and it was it was a process. And you know, what I really liked was that this is why I like MLS so much, is that because it is a salary cap league, 
strategy in your your front office is absolutely crucial. Huge. If you yeah. don't have a clear strategy, you're not going to have a great season. That's that's kind of what happened to Atlanta. They were sort of just punting on random South American talents and hoping that one of them landed big. And most of them probably fell short of a little, a little bit short of expectations. Um, it, and we also weren't being strategic about how we were constructing our roster in terms of the salaries that we gave. I mean, just let's just remember, Jurgen Dam made about was it one point three million dollars <laughs> while playing for Atlanta. And the best we have to show it, and I don't, I don't have it on hand, is that that wonderful picture of him at In and Out wearing the little the little crown. Oh no, <laughs> it's. it's that was worth 1.3 million, in my opinion. That's a great picture. Was. I mean, it's a classic picture. Um, but it's what I like about MLS is that strategy matters. That's why you know, whenever I was going through and doing all my write-ups for the for the this newsletter and sort of my preliminary analysis of the season, I do focus a lot on roster construction and how the front office is is putting it together. And I think too, it's it's why you see clubs with academies such as Philly, are able to keep a low budget but still be highly successful because they have a lot of players that are going to be, in terms of salary, lower salary because they're coming from the yeah. cap and they're making you know, league minimum. And then they can bring in veterans and, and key players that they can build around but then still have Jack McGlynn playing and starting and probably making like what less than 100. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what Jack McGlynn's salary is, but it's probably not much. It's less than what uh, maybe Mateus Rosetti. Less was. than what he should be making. Let's put it that way. For sure. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely shown. He, but it took time. It had to be. It was Barco. We had to offload. He's doing excellent in River now, by the way. Um, Moreno, Marcelino Moreno. He's now at Atlantis again uh, after being relegated in the Brazilian League last year or last season. Um, and I mean. The, the players that they're, they left this season, loaning out Santiago Sosa and Franco Ibarra, um, it, it took a lot of work and it took patience. And I think that's what they asked from the fan base. But the, um, what is this? Um, sorry, I just read this giant block message. But, Mama yeah, made it. We got spam bots in the chat. I know, right? I was just like, what is that? But the it took patience, and they asked for patience, and here we are now. And I think this is the best roster Atlanta's had to start a season in, in five years, pretty much right. since we won the Open Cup. It's funny that you say that about front offices too, because like you're saying, like you guys brought in a bunch of players, had no strategy, and they all wanted the ball in the middle. And it really takes a lot of moving around pieces, knowing MLS roster rules. And some teams don't benefit from that. Like, not to make this about Orlando, but the whole Duncan McGuire thing, where it's like having to get rid of lone guys out to get rid of the young DP so that we can sign a real DP and moving like all these pieces around. If you don't have like a proper front office, like that's never going to happen and you're never going to get anywhere and stuck in limbo. So, yeah, it's it's and it's noticeable now that Atlanta is uh, they're fun to watch again. Like they used to be, because as fun as yeah. it was to beat up on you guys for a couple of years, uh, well, it wasn't as fun. Not gonna lie, it's it's more fun when it's more competitive. And I mean, now with Orlando finally conquering mediocrity, mediocrity. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I'll say this: you know, I, I did the write up. I have the write up of Orlando ready to go. I I had nice things to say. I had nice things to say. I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, that's that's how you know we got there, right? That's how you know we yeah. finally made it when people have nice things to say. So tell me nice things about Brad Guzan and this goalkeeper situation at Atlanta United. Because you guys went out. You guys brought in a goalkeeper. Guzan is still around somehow. Who is uh, who's starting at the beginning of this next season? Because uh, Is it going to so... be Brad? I don't know. It's such a it's such a coin flip, and this is this is probably the only position in the, the roster I'm, I'm least sure about. I think if you asked me from a data perspective and thinking about like how we performed in goalkeeping the last couple seasons, how I've, it hasn't been great. Like, I mean, I think we were next to last in terms of like some of the more advanced shot stopping stats. So yeah, like. That's where I think Cohen is going to challenge more. And, that, and I say, yeah, I think Cohen's going to, to start week one. But then I think about 
how long Brad's been here, that this really is his spot to lose. And he brings a lot of leadership to the back line. And like, I think that's, you know, regardless of like how his shot stopping ability, I feel like has declined over the last couple of years, the leadership and experience that he brings to the back line is very noticeable when he's not there. And I think that's what he has in terms of over Cohen, right? He's been here longer. He's had the spot. I mean, his back line shuffled a little bit this, this past year. I mean, just with the exit of Miles Robinson, get that second, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like this is going to be a 50, 50 shot. I'm still leaning towards Cohen, but even today in the first, I think the first group was Kazan and then Cohen subbed in the second. And then, I mean, I think they let in one goal, but from like what I saw from uh, Doug Robertson, he was saying Cohen was making some ni- nice saves. So, so I've got, like, I've got kind of a two part, yeah. like kind of follow up to this. Um, I think a lot of times we've, and, and you and I are both roster sickos and salary cap sickos, and we love the data and, and what guys are making. Um, and I think a lot of times if you bring in a guy who's kind of hyped in some way, like Cohen is, I mean, there's a lot of people that think he's really good. Um, it kind of depends on what you're paying him, right? Like Matthew yeah. Hoppy came over and they were paying him nothing. And so they didn't have much invested. And so he never really played, whether that's talent or what. Um, if you bring in a DP, he's playing, right? So what's the what's the kind of cap situation with Cohen? Like, is he on a big contract? Did they invest a lot in him? Um, I don't think he's an international spot. I believe he's American. Yeah. Um, so like, what's the, you know, how much is kind of in that basket already? Um, and then secondly, um, you mentioned shot stopping, you mentioned leadership. What's the distribution like? Because we're in 2024, goalkeeper distribution um, is something that a lot of teams place, you know, very mm-hmm. highly as far as like starting counterattacks and things like that. Um, and I always thought that was one of Guzan's strengths. Um, is he, is that still a strength, first of all? And does he kind of have the edge there and that's kind of pushing him over the edge or, um, you know, how is Cohen with, with the actual distribution? So I feel like Gazan's ability to start a counter is also just diminished a little bit. I just haven't seen that. But Atlanta also likes to play out of the back. So he'll he'll pass to his fullback or center back before he passes to a midfielder and, a long, and create a long ball. Cohen, you know, I'm not too familiar with his 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 distribution ability. I think that's another thing where I just need to see him play more in order to get a, a good gauge of, of where he is. And I don't think we have the salary information yet because that won't be released for, until spring. Did they pay a was, transfer fee? Do you know? No, he was a free, he's a free pickup. So, okay. I mean, he, cause he, Atlanta's been talking to him for a while now. If you, if you recall back in last fall, they tried to sign him and then his agent actually filed a grievance against Atlanta United because he was, he was, he was upset about uh, discovery rights, which I yeah. mean, honestly, our stupid concept that They're I wish really we would get away with, do away Called with. Dibs. But, but yeah, I mean, like he was he was <laughs> arguing that Atlanta wouldn't trade, wouldn't let him sign another contract because another, yeah, a fair offer for the discovery rights, which it's not like it's a lot. Of, it's like usually like 150k in game, right? Like it's not like teams are. You know, having to break the bank to it's get less than an international rights. spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, it, it seems like they were able to work it out and it, it come to the table and, and sign a contract. But I mean, this is also a goalkeeper that was goalkeeper of the year. And or right. actually, he was MVP. He was MVP in the Israeli league, right? Um, wow. Which is pretty significant. And in, I watch a few of those Champions League matches when yeah. they, I think he beat Juventus, right? And like, I was like, this guy's good. How do we, you know, right. Looks great to me. So yeah, I think it's, it's a matter of, I think it's a good point that how much is he making? Cause maybe that puts the onus on the club of how quickly, cause Gazan makes a, a significant amount of money too. I think he's one of the highest paid keepers in the league, like probably top uh, two. And, and whether we, whether we start on Guzan or Cohen, I mean, we have to know that this, like at some point, Guzan's beautiful bald head will be out of this league. And we will no longer have the privilege of watching him play. Um, so even if it's Sorry. whether it's you know game one or game twenty or next year, like at some point 
we think Cohen is going to be probably the guy. Yeah, and I think like regardless of the two, right? If you were to you know, when Cohen gets cards, if you were to pick up so rare cards for him, I expect he would start in League's Cup, and so you'll get some utility there. And um, so, I mean, yeah. Either way, I think he has a multi-year contract. I want to say this is Kazan's last year. <laughs> I keep saying that. I've been saying like that for three years. Remember when we years. said that in 2020? <laughs> so, so, he's not coming back after COVID. Like, that's a no way. Like, the guy is the Tom Brady of goalkeepers. With no balls. hair. So maybe that means he goes to the Tampa Bay rallies after the season. Ooh. Oh, I would hate that. Ugh. That would not be good. Yeah, that's where trash goes to die. Bill Hamid went to Memphis oh, man. for a little while. That was, that's that was right. crazy. That's a good club, that's though. Right. But... Tell, are you worried about this defense at all? Because Miles Robinson had the injury, came back, you know, had a slow start, but you know he's been a pinnacle in that back line for a while now. Are there any worries that you guys might be lack a little defense, like trying to find someone to step up in that like, you know, leadership role in the defense? It's okay, they got Derek Williams now. Derek Williams. <laughs> so I'll forward this by saying it's funny that I actually picked up Steon Gregerson's limited card. I think like last fall or August or something. Like I was trying to build a team for uh, for the second division, didn't work out um, as as usual. (laughs) 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 Um, But he had some injuries. But you know, it's funny. I was watching him because from what I looked when I was looking at his stats and everything like that, like he played well. Um, Bordeaux almost were promoted to League One last year. They, I think they they had that infamous match where they were losing. And essentially, the fans like stormed the field and started like attacking players, nice. um, and so they just like suspended the match and then just like were like you lose automatically, <laughs> and they weren't promoted anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so he he played center back with a, another really solid center back there, and both of them were high performers. Once again, too, it's it's poaching from league two. And y'all note that Atlanta uses the same consulting firm as the Houston dynamo SRC football. And that's the, another Seattle Sounders connection because I believe it's Ravi is one of the co-founders of that company. And he worked with, with Garth whenever they were at Seattle Sounders. So um, yeah, it sucks. Miles, he's a great player. I'm almost a little upset. I am a little upset. I wish he had gone to Europe, <laughs> but it's 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 definitely like, it, especially because it's Cincinnati. It's like first they take Vasquez, <laughs> turn him in, like turn him into a superstar. And now he's a play made a bunch of money off of him. Although I think we got some sort of fee from that. Now they take Miles. They don't even get him on a DP contract. Where so technically he probably would have made more money with us. But he's just like, I think I think the 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 general consensus is they told him if we have an extra DP spot next season, I need to extend it in the league then they're going to try and sign that or they're just going, or maybe that's when he launches to Europe. I don't know. But I think with, I thought Abram stepped up really well in the latter half of the season. So you look at our two center backs, I think it's going probably going to be Abram, Luis Abram and, and Steven Gregerson. But, you know, I wouldn't say Abram is like a lock for that position. Cause I feel like Derek Williams, I mean, he could take that spot too. And I, you know, I expect him to get some some starts throughout the year as well, especially because Abram will be gone for some international duty throughout the year. And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is going to be. I think I think it's about. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not concerned, honestly. Like, I think if anything, Gregerson can perform in MLS. He, guy's giant. Like, I was watching him in one of our friendlies, and I swear, like, one his stride is like five of mine. I'm not a super <laughs> short person, but like the guy is huge. Um, so it'll be that'll be fun. And then you think about our our left back, right back situation, same as last year, and and all the more to be excited for. I think Caleb Wiley is definitely one of the younger players in, in the league that um has has really just grown each season. Uh yeah, I'll be curious if they get any offers this summer for him because I, I, I didn't expect him to leave at all this winter window. I think even he even said that he knows he gets minutes here. This is a great opportunity for him to continue pushing into the U.S. Men's National Team camp by by getting minutes here. 
but I'm sure clubs are going to be knocking on the door, especially in the summer window, because I feel like he has the profile of a left back that a lot of clubs would like to work with and, and develop a player even more. Uh, and I know there's already been inquiries. I don't remember who, but the I would assume Atlanta is probably getting some inquiries about him. And then Brooks, I mean, Brooks is going to be sending in crosses all day. That's what makes him a, a great defender option, especially uh, for so rare. But he, he does have great crossing ability. I think he was one of the highest crossers in terms of defenders in the league last year. I've been tempted to pick up a Brooks Lennon, I think, since I started playing so rare. And I never do. And it always bites me. In the I butt, did. Cause... It's great. Him and uh, Yakamakis really, really built some nice synergy last season. And in Yakamakis, he has great aerial presence. And so he's just able to just bully his way into the box past defenders and head it in. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice – you don't normally think of the defender-forward pairing, but that is a really nice pairing to, to have. Um, so walk, walk me through, you know, the midfield. Obviously, um, you you got this Thiago Almeida dude who's okay. <laughs> um, but you picked up Dax McCarthy, so that's the real story oh, here. Um, cool. Walk me through the midfield and, and, you know, what you expect. So – Oh man, I, I didn't practice this last name either. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'll try. I'll have to. I'll have to. Y'all have to correct me because I think I think I heard him say it. But I'll start with. I'll, I'll start with Dax. Love the there Dax you go. signing. Love the Dax signing. If you're a real MLS fan, you always start with Dax McCarthy. Because yeah, exactly. Like true MLS legend. I feel like he's going to be the guy to come in, clean up the game at the end. Of, probably he'll start some games as well. Just tons of experience. Um, you know, I think it, it reminds me of, you know, how we had Lorenowitz for all those years. And oh, yeah. like what yeah. I'll tell you, like my favorite Lorenowitz moment was when we were playing against Red Bulls. And I think one of the Red Bulls players tried to bait Escobar. And so he just like, Jeff just like walks up to him and just like trips him and pushes him down. And just is like, yeah, don't try and bait my player for another yellow. Cause that's what they were trying <laughs> I to do. I remember that. <laughs> And the ref like walked into the locker room after the game to give him a red card. That's like, <laughs> that's like, like I think they had missed it. And then like after the game ended, you know, they were looking at VAR and they're like, oh, yeah, that's red. So yeah, they walked into the locker room and gave Jeff a red card. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I like Dax. I think he brings great personality to the field too. I, you know, watch some of the, the feature moments they've done, the videos they've done with him and super down to earth guy from, from the looks of it, which is, I think always, you always love to see in this league. Um, so he also, so Super excited for him. Great addition by the club. We can talk about next Mayamba. Uh, so Mayamba, I mean, Taco Slayer was pinging me about him. This is. You can't tell people that. What are you doing? Uh, it's already out there on the pod. Um, it's live. So yeah, you can't take it back. Is, well, we I think we did this stream. <laughs> was it like the stream with all the MLS people? Towards oh, the, the end of the day party, yeah, yeah, exactly. MLS legend show is what we call it. There we go. And I was talking about Mayamba, and just the more the more I watch, the more I get excited. I think it's just one of those cases where we've need someone, we've needed someone in the midfield that has his profile for a while now. He's going to be. I mean, I know there were a few games. If you look at the last three games, it's like three of those were against. They were all three against the Columbus Crew. So it's sort of one of those cases where that's a small sample size. But you look at those other games, and he's someone that's just going to pile up a bunch of all-around stats he's very very it's like he's very i say he's very sticky with the ball because somehow the ask the ball yeah the ball is like it just sticks to his foot whenever it goes to the ground like whenever it touches him it's super crazy some of the touches he puts on it are just masterful but at the same time he's super smooth of how he just maneuvers out of these different situations and especially against teams that are going to be pressing us a lot. And I feel like that more, more, there's more and more Red Bull style appearing throughout the league lately. That's going to be extremely important. Um, and so that's why, you know, but at the same time too, he has a new partner. I think that was one of the cases where it's Rosetto. And, you know, I, I've had my opinions of Rosetto over the years. And I will say, I thought that whenever we had Mayamba, Rosetto finally got to play in the position he was supposed to play. We kept trying to force Rosetto to be Mayamba, and it's just not his player profile. I mean, it's just he likes. I don't think he likes to progress the ball forward. <laughs> he would just pass it back constantly. I love guys. Um, like that. And but you know, it's like one of those cases where 
let Mayamba do that. And then Rosetto, you just, you just, you know, help hold the midfield, be a defensive midfielder, but he's no longer with the club. So now we have the, the new addition from Warsaw. I think it got, I think it was Schlich, Schlich. Is that? No, oh, man. I mean, good luck. I don't know. There's lots of S's and Z's in there. I don't know how those relate to each other. I think it's, I think it's Schlich. It's like Schlich. Like Schlich. Sheesh, maybe Bart Sheesh. So he, so he was, he was someone that beginning the beginning of the window, we I saw rumors on Twitter that were going after him, and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I think League One teams are going after him. I was like, yeah, hey, good luck. Like, we'll see what happens. We got him, and honestly, this is a really exciting signing because right now all you can really see is his Poland games, and then Europa League or Europa Conference League. So their Europa, Conf- Europa Conference League group was probably one of the hardest groups, and they almost won it. Um, so I think it was like Austin Villa, yeah. Austin, Easy Alkmaar, um, and then like one this other team. club from a smaller Sh- team. Shrinks. But they put, I think, AZ, and they beat AZ. Uh, right. like, mm-hmm. So they progressed out of the group, actually. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, it's a club that's doing yeah, they beat well Villa too. European. Yeah, they they're playing well at the European level. level. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, and he was starting those games. Watch some highlights. I think he's going to pair up really well. I think what's going to be crazy is, is both him and Mayamba have the ability to to be a playmaker and progress the ball forward, and just provide two different looks at the midfield to go along with our other attackers. And so, finally, last but not least, Tiago Almada. Who are you sure he's not least? Oh man, he's not least. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we kept him. Honestly, I, I, I was can't so either. Sure that I was so sure he was going to go this window. I mean, I think it's a World Cup winner. It's a World Cup winner. Look at that nine games of ninety to hundred. Oh my god, he was that is just. I, mean, yeah, I still don't one have year. Limited. I still haven't picked up his limited. Like I just, I'll do it this year. I promise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was so surprised he stayed this window. I thought, given I think it was Atleti, Fiorentina. Those were the two clubs I saw the the most significant rumors around, and I mean I knew Aledi was going to get him a lot of money because of uh, I think they're because uh, of the Saudi league and a few sales there. So it didn't happen. The valuation couldn't be met. I think Atlanta's valuation is fair. Like it's I think they're they're saying like thirty million U.S. dollars. It's a fair value. I mean they want their money right. Like they they invested a significant chunk of change for him, like sixteen mil, and. They don't, I think that was for like 80% of his rights for, so like, you know, you have to consider that any sale that transfer we do, we're not going to get the entire sum of the, of that transfer fee. And it's funny too, you can actually see his price action go up because everyone's like, oh, he's staying. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think this is going to be a, another great year for him. He's already been impressing in the pre-Olympic tournament and common the ball. Uh, I think he scored like one more goal, one or two more goals last night. It's it's just all hype, no breaks for him. That's that's the best way to put it. And he has, I think, a better core around him at the midfield. I mean, with Mayamba, who was already there, but also with Sleesh. And so it's 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 a lot to get excited for because it takes pressure off of him, lets him move more freely. But then at the same time, he's so good at just progressing the ball forward, dribbling past defenders, and then finding the open man. And his free kicking. I mean, like, let's not even like forget about that, right? Is he so so he's the most expensive U23 midfielder? Is he still undervalued? Is my question. So you've got Pooch in the sort of in the neighborhood, Aiden Morris sort of in the neighborhood, and then it kind of falls off to like Diego Luna is next. As far as U23 go, right? If you're playing U23, that seems still kind of too low so i think it's just the it's just people kind of combining the risk of when he goes to europe into that price i think that's what yeah. it is is that i mean and you saw in the price action until the the european transfer window closed that people are very aware that in any window he could be going to europe and at that point the assumption is his scores will drop his but will crazy. they though? That's the question. If he goes to an athletic, right? Assuming he starts, which is not given, 
Like Athletic's obviously a big step up in competition, but if he goes to Atletico Madrid, they're the best, one of the best three teams in Spain traditionally, right? Obviously, yeah. Girona's having a great season, um, but like they're going to be better than every other team they play, just like Atlanta is. If not, their relation to other teams in Spain is higher than Atlanta's relation to other teams in MLS. You know, like there's a good chance he's still a ridiculously good card, and he's now in Champion Europe instead yeah. of in MLS. And he's U23, you know? Well, he's, yeah, roadmap. It's, it's such a funny aspect sometimes. And and it's funny, too, because this is, I mean, kind of what they were talking about is, like, it's it sucks that the model shouldn't be that players lose their value when they go to a bigger yes. league. Yes, right. Um, that should be Wait, celebrated. are you hinting at something? No, nothing else <laughs> happened today. We are, oh. the only thing that matters. Atlanta. Is MLS is back. Is, is MLS in Atlanta. That's all that matters, right? Because Yes. Because obviously people undervalue MLS for for various reasons, but you know we're. So we're what up. are the odds he leaves this summer? Then then obviously it's always a risk, but like hundred percent with, <laughs> with every window, think, it has to be getting like more and more, right? Like yeah, I think the club will will have a, have a plan in place for him to leave this summer. I think at that point too, they'll they'll want to move him because that's going to be the best window to do so, and. And I think it's also a case of, I mean, I forget how long his contract is, but you don't want to lose him on a free. You're starting to lose leverage. Yeah. Right. Right. Like you don't want to lose him on a free. You don't want to be desperate in a winter window. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a significant investment and we want that, you know, I mean, it's not like Arthur Blank's press for cash. Right. But there's strategy around it in terms of the ability to reinvest that money. And you, you get Garber bucks back now, which is huge. Yeah. So got to get those transfers. Exactly. Uh, before we move on to forwards, give me the rundown on Saba Labajanice. Uh, what's, Saba. what's his role? great job, man? Oh, I, forget he's, I forget he's a midfielder. I always yeah. kind of think of him as a forward. Love Saba. He is. He's 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 very tricky. I feel like like he just. He, he tries. He, he's kind of like our Artito, Tito Vialba, where he just tries stuff just to see if it happens. I think he like <laughs> backheeled two goals last year. Had some really nice. Has a has a really nice. I think ability to dribble through defenders. Saba is going to be on the right. Uh, I think some of, there was some mention that should Almada not be ready for the season, he's playing nonstop in South America right now. But you know, should he be out for any reason, Saba could play at the, the cam role. But at, at the same time, I expect him to be on the right. I think he's another one that really took off whenever he joined Atlanta. And hopefully we see that same production going into this year. And it's because the him and Shande are very different profiles, which is what Atlanta needs because in, our, in the past, in our roster building, we had too many players that played too similarly. Similar, similarly, there we go. And... And so that allowed defenders to try to try and just you could you could more easily defend it. Um, so I think that's something that's been really important in the roster building is is having a variety of profiles of players that have different styles that allow you to to attack in different ways based on you know your tactics at the moment. Big Saba fan, um, looking for another great season for him. Yeah, I liked what I saw on the pitch, and then you go like look at his Silver scores. You're like. Why isn't it translating? Hello? Right. Well, you, you, you can see it. You can see it on the pitch, like the quality yeah. there. Yeah. I think he just gets dispossessed a lot, too. He's so too tricky. Yeah, <laughs> too tricky. Right? So it's like it's sort of like when Marcelino Moreno played for us, right? Like, he would be all over the field doing lots, but he also lose the ball so much. So down down on the all-around. But, you know, score goal, you insist. Tricky. Negative scores don't count if you score a goal. Enough. Score. He scored today too, or I think he had assist. All righty. Forwards. Are we ready for forwards? Oh, because I'm ready. GG. Give me. Give me the GG. Yorgos Yakamakis. Um, he's my guy. He's he's awesome, and I'm really actually looking forward to a big season for him. You know, I think you have to consider last year he missed about a month or two. Was it just? I thought maybe not a month or two. He missed some. He missed some time last season. There was. It a did little feel bit like he was in and out for a little bit. He was. Yeah, there it is. I think he. 
So he played like end of June and then he came back in like mid July. So it's like three weeks, but there just wasn't a lot of games. Yeah, but I knew he had some injury issues early on in the season, and we were having to be really careful with him at the beginning of the season, so we couldn't really, you know, give him the full 90 minutes every time. He also, I mean, typically he gets a yellow card, so it's very seldom he plays the full 90 minutes. <laughs> so I think that's the one thing to consider with him is that he just loves to get a yellow card because he's, he's very he's very physical. He loves to bully defenders. He only got one he, yellow card after September. That's, that's impressive. I think he's got Smart like enough. five yellow cards within like, yeah, he got a lot of yellows at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was something like super. It was super. There we go. Three, three yellows. First, first like seven it, it was starts. like you score a goal, you get a yellow, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, so I think that's that's going to be one of the things about him. He'll he'll have a lot of fouls because he's always trying to kind of push off defenders. But I think like he he had he, he had played like a year and a half straight of soccer if you think about this from whenever he came to Atlanta to yeah. to the end of the last season and uh, he, even he said in a recent interview that he was a bit tired so we've had an off season covering i don't think he played today i think they were maybe he like picked up a knock and they were just being overly cautious the i have i have high expectations for him he scored like 19 goals last season 20. He almost he, yeah. twenty goals. He almost won it. He almost won the Golden Boot across all competitions. And he, he almost year. set a new record for most consecutive consecutive games at the goal. I think he tied the record. And that was uh that's held by Taylor Twellman. Really? He had four here. Yeah, four. There we go. And and he had two more after that with one sub appearance that he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he he was. I mean, he came in the league and he was just like he was scoring left and right. And that was, I mean, really Atlanta too. Like they, they had a great attack. I think their issue was their, their, their defense. Yeah. And, and this is why I'm not necessarily too upset about losing miles. Um, I felt like he regressed a little bit from what I remember him whenever he was, I mean, what, before 20, the injury, 20, yeah. before the injury. And yeah, you know, there could be bias there. I just, there, you'd see those, but there was those times where like he'd be one-on-one defending and he'd get beat and you'd be like, I feel like he used to win that. And so, yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm really excited to see what he can do in Cincinnati. All the best to him. You know, he's, he's a great player and, uh, and he's, he's probably should be in Europe, but I get it more money in, in the league here. Um but you know our back line that was in our goalkeeping was really I think our, our biggest uh, issue last season and really like our midfield for half the year. I mean if you if you take like Atlanta from start of last year to July and then the other team like that's two entirely different teams in terms of the ability to control the ball, win duels, defend. It really changed the the scope for the club whenever they were able to just bring in midfielders that could actually hold up play or progress the ball more efficiently. So I'm, it's a, it's a great squad. Like I said, best core we've had probably in four to five years. So no one cares about holding the ball or progressing the ball. We all care about goal scoring. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how many goals Yakimaka scores this year. And does he win the golden boot? Ooh, Ooh. across all competitions or just MLS? Just MLS. Hmm. Did Greece qualify for Euros? That's a great question and one that I don't know the answer to. I think they did. Yeah, I can't I can't say I follow Greece too much. You know. I I can't believe I wouldn't follow Greece, but I mean they won the let Euro it be known. a while ago, you know. Where's that? Um they were I, third and Oh, they've qualified for the playoffs. They've qualified for the playoffs. So I think so that matters is, quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. that means he's going to be out for he's going to be out be out for a couple of windows, and Ooh. I think that's why we did bring in uh, Tiare, I believe, is the the backup striker because Yako Makas is going to miss some time if they, especially if Greece qualifies for the Euros, he'll be playing with the, the national team. So it depends. You know, I think you know, minimum expectation like fifteen to twenty goals. Is my that's that's pretty lofty, I feel like, too. But I, I just feel like this that he 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 didn't even like play a full season, and I feel like he just was able to, to put it in pretty often. So, especially in that's, year two, I would say, 
yeah, year two, like he's kind of acquainted with the league, got a feel for the roughs. How much can he get away with? How much can he not? Um, yeah, I mean, 15 goals minimum. I think that's my expectation. So on Greece, I found it. They play uh, Kazakhstan and then Georgia or Luxembourg. Yusaba uh, might even be gone for that game too because I know he gets called up to the Georgia national team. Mamadashvili's but yeah, I mean, that, that really varies. That really does depend though, right? Because if, if they do make it to the Euros, Yakamakis is 100% going to be at that. Right. Um, and, and that'll be like the first time in a while I think Greece has been in the Euros. So that that would change my prediction. And oh. I think that's what's you know also important too, to remember is, is that, um, I mean, even, I guess, Shlish, there we go. Um <laughs> Is Poland in the Euros? Because there's another one right there, right? Oh, think, man. Yeah. This summer is oh. going to be great. Between Copa oh. America, Euros, this is going to be... I, this is what, like, I can't believe they're not trying to give more of a break during that because it's going to be yeah. an absolute cluster. For, Wait, for but where, where does that sit with League's Cup, too? Because that's a whole other dynamic. There's like a break for League's Cup in the middle of summer. There's all these international tournaments. So League's Cup is what, July, right? It's like started mid-July is when it starts. Like, yeah, into August, something like that. Yeah, into, into the middle of August. And so I think it's going to be like Euros, and then there's going to be back in two weeks, and then pause again for League's Cup, and then back. But, like, I don't – are we even pausing the calendar for – for the Euros, I don't think so. I think we're just going to go all out, which is great because there's going to be games being played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the for the Copa America. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's that's the only reason I would think they would pause is that they're they're going to allow those clubs to um, make their field available during that time. But at the same time, too, it would mean potentially that we would have a grass field, a grass field. Whoa. To play on it, Whoa. Whoa, no, buddy. No more ACLs for Atlanta. Achilles. Um, Achilles. Well, yeah, I guess knee, heel. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Um, yeah, you're out for a year. It's fine. Um, yeah. So Poland is also in a playoff. They play uh, Estonia and then the winner of Wales, Finland. To yeah. It's a, I think it's a great point of like, the one thing I think about Atlanta and I feel like is underestimated about the club right now is their academy. I think there are a lot of up and coming. They put a lot of investment in their academy. And if you look at clubs that joined around the time Atlanta joined and, and after, and you look at the production of their academies, I, I do feel like Atlanta has probably produced the most talent in terms of getting MLS starts and actually transferring abroad. Um, I mean, we've had George Bello, who's Bello. now in, yeah. he's now in Austria at uh, LASK, LASK. Lask. He's Lask. Lask. <laughs> I don't know. I can, like, it's like all capital. So it's like, yeah. He's starting there. He's starting there. He's playing. He played against Liverpool. Wow. Yeah. yeah he played Pretty in their uh, Europa League game. So, so he's, he's over there. There's a goalie that we transferred to Norwich, Norwich this past summer. There is, I mean, Caleb Wiley is a great example, uh, Jay Fortune. There's a couple other guys that, you know, I feel like have earned some minutes in the first team friendlies. And the, expe- and the expectation is they have the ability to actually start games. Noah Cobb. Uh, Tyler Wolf, I want to say Josh Wolf, uh, Tyler Wolf. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of young guys that are, are getting minutes with the club and productive minutes. I mean, Tyler was like he scored like five goals last season and came off the bench. Yeah, he was actually really impressive when he was playing. Yeah. He just didn't play. Yeah, that. I was really he was he was one of the probably probably one of the players that impressed me the the most. That was more more so off the bench. Um, yeah, he had his like little. There's here and there. Look at him, look at him go. Look at him Bunch go. Bunch off the bench. Oh, right when he started. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. yakamakasing all over the place. And, and <laughs> it was too. This is like right when we were just, I think, subbing him in for Arujo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever uh, Arujo would just go on the field for 70 minutes and just do nothing. <laughs> Love him. He scored a lot of AA though. Oh God, he did. He, he, he took a lot of shots AA. on goal. Yes. 
Very useless on the pitch. Very <laughs> useful in sober. Can't score goals without shots on goal. If, also true. If I was going to build an Atlanta stack, not that I ever would build an Atlanta stack, but if I was going to build an Atlanta stack, what, what, what would that look like? So I would 100% wait till week one to see who the hell is <laughs> going to be in goal and, and base it off of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, was it 0.03 for the Kazan? I mean, that's 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 probably the cheapest goal you'll get. That has the, the highest. The, it's 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 the high. It's like out of all the goalies that are at that level, he probably has the most chance of starting. But like, there's it's still like a coin flip for me, fifty fifty. Um, so I like would him. hold off. I would hold off there. In terms of he's saying, don't buy an Atlanta stack for those not paying attention. Just just the Guzan. Yeah, just that the, way. I, I mean, that way goal. I have less competition. <laughs> <laughs> What competition to the bottom of the barrel? <laughs> oh man, collection bonus! <laughs> I am number one in a DC collection, by the way, which nobody cares about, and I think it's funny that not even Paul is beating me. Wow, yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah, it's impressive though. It means like one day when DC in ten years gets his rare partnership, it's it's an immediate Never burn mechanism. Happen unintended by so rare it's just like you yeah. play for dc nobody wants it burn it exactly. throw it away exactly. trash it. all right which defender am i picking up brooks lennon that's brooks lennon. that's it's gotta be him he's gonna have the he takes some corner he takes corners he will take some free kicks and he'll also as we were mentioning earlier be sending in a lot of crosses that um gonna have yakamakas on the other end to try and head to then other than dax mccarthy who's the midfielder <laughs> i mean Got to be Almada, right? Yeah, your, your midfielder is Almada, and he's going to be probably the one you captain in that stack as well, just because he's going to have the the highest. Is your is your extra player a midfielder as well? That depends. Mm. We'll we'll get to that in a second. Okay, let's go okay. forward. Okay, forward. Okay. Here we go. So Yakamakis, of course, yeah. Tyler Wolf. If he's here, if he's here, <laughs> if if he's available, if it's not Euros. <laughs> Yeah. And so, and so really like I would be, I can't, I would say either Shande Silva or Saba for your extra. And I think it's just a matter of looking maybe at matchups and seeing, and seeing, you know, where do you feel like they're going to have higher chance of success for scoring? Um, Or if you have a case where it's like Red Bulls and you know that they're just going to get pressed to hell and they're going to lose a lot of duels. Don't play Saba. Probably play Shande because a forward card, doesn't lose as much all around when it comes to being dispossessed. So I think that's going to be more strategic, um, but it would be either one of those two. You know, I think Mayamba, he's great, but like he's going to be someone that 55. Yeah. Right. He's going to be like 55 and, mm-hmm. and you know, he's, he's always going to have consistently great games. I think he's one of those players that uh, always falls into that threshold of like, you see them playing. Yeah. Like, wow. This person is like this guy's so good and you're like looking at the score like yeah what what the hell like eh, 50 50 um, give him a 50 <laughs> yeah he's gonna have he's gonna be like nagby right where he has like this big games because he gets an assist or a goal and it's like an 80 or 100 because he's just like having a crazy game in terms of winning possession and winning duels and, and all that fun stuff that counts towards the all-around score so what you're telling me is there is no Atlanta stack. Buy them all. And then you have all the stacks. Yeah, just buy every player. I mean, honestly, yeah. I think we should probably just pump the value of those cards. Especially Dax McCarthy. Market. Dax oh, McCarthy's man. unique is only an Eve. Is he undervalued? Does Dax have a unique? It's it's That's... on sale for 1.2 ETH right now. <laughs> are you, are you going to buy it? Thomas, this is your chance. What's your Atlanta you know, So you know, Somebody uh, called Breeze. 1.2 ETH for Dax McCarthy? Come on. I'll give him 0.012 ETH for Dax oh, McCarthy. Man. <laughs> well, <laughs> while we're buying uniques. <laughs> Thomas, is there anything else you would like to share about Atlanta United? Anything we haven't covered that you think that these people, these fine people might need to know about this Atlanta Yeah, United? I think I think the, the biggest thing to consider is, is that going into the summer, if Almada is going to leave, what does that mean for them to – to build around. So I think Saba could potentially be bought down to a non-designated player contract. 
So that begs the question of how do they how do they approach that if they potentially have two DP spots open? And where do they look? I think there is a link to a pretty big South American, young South American player that um, I can't recall the name, of, uh, but I looked him up and there, but it was like a $20 million release clause for this player. He plays for racing and he would be sort of the presumed Almada replacement, but I don't know how much yeah. substance is in that Al- rumor. Almada was the PT Martinez replacement, right? PT Martinez was the the dude that went wasn't to Newcastle. The, I forget. His wasn't name. he the wasn't he the greatest South American player? Yeah, the greatest South American player in the yeah. world. Or something They've like done that. this like three or four times in a row now. Right, but that but but that's the interesting thing is is that the DNA of Atlanta prior to Garth taking over was trying to find young talent in South America, and and develop them and then flip it for a profit and flip them whenever they go to Europe. And so, I think that's an interesting to see that rumor because it tells me if that's true that we haven't entirely gotten away with that but we're being more strategic about how we build around them mm-hmm. yeah we don't want 11 of those guys we want one <laughs> right exactly yeah what are you talking about it worked great it was so easy to beat atlanta for the longest time keep doing what yeah. you were doing whatever you're doing now it's working too good i'm gonna need <laughs> you to i'm gonna need you to dumb it down okay but thomas this has been incredibly incredibly fun if you guys haven't already check out his Substack. It is great. It is way better information than you'll probably ever get on this show. That's why we bring him on. Except like this. when he's here. Yeah. <laughs> is that that was here. Gonna, you yeah. got to watch the show. Right. Yeah. Now you don't have to read the Atlanta article. You can just skip to all the other ones that are. We know, just saved you five minutes of reading with our 50 or exactly. 45 minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we that's do it. Efficiency. In silver in the States. Look, we got a lot more teams coming for you. Look, we've been teasing it at all show. There is a new roadmap out we're gonna get to it we're gonna be streaming more we're gonna be talking about it we're gonna be doing all the things stay tuned subscribe like all that stuff go read the sub stack seriously it's incredible stuff and we'll catch you next time peace thanks guys